0: You're going to love my next guest. Dan Spencer stopped by the show. Dan is a veteran of the Marine Corps. He's also a veteran of law enforcement of 20 years in the Arizona area, and he served admirably in both roles. Now, like many first responders, we're often confused. We're often scared of what we're going to do next after we exit the first responder field. Now, Dan followed his passion. And he became a successful entrepreneur. He threw his hat in the coffee industry, and he is the owner and creator of Filthy Pirate Coffee. And he also has an amazing podcast, Talking Filthy Police Podcasts, which we're going to talk about next on the CJ Evolution Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Patrick here. Thank you for tuning in. We know you have many options, but thank you for coming back to the CJ Evolution Podcast, a top-ranked podcast because of you, the listener and supporter. Please share this episode and others with your family and friends and give us that five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We sure would appreciate it. Big shout-out to you, the first responder, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing in the criminal justice field. Thank you for doing it. Remember this. You are honored, cherished, and above all,
1: for the first responder community to deal with behavioral health issues and take them seriously and offer treatment to people that may need help out there. They should be afforded the ability to come get help when they need help. It has gotten better, but we still have a long way to go. Thank you, Jimmy, for that powerful message. And FHE Health
0: is here for you. If you are suffering or know someone who is in suffering, please have them reach out today. And we have individualized programs for every need. An Empower program for women, Shatterproof for first responders, Compass program for working professionals, Restore, which helps you with primary mental health, Thrive for young adults, Sober skills, long-term intensive and 12-step based recovery, and a gambling treatment program. Folks, we have it all. Again, reach out to FHE Health today. Take that first step for a better you. 844-650-1399. Or you can reach me directly, 303-960-9819. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I'm very excited to have this fine gentleman on my show. We uh, connected a few weeks back, and he is Dan Spencer, veteran law enforcement officer, retired uh, from here from an agency. We're both in Arizona, and he is the owner and operator of Filthy Pirate Coffee, which we're going to talk about. Dan, welcome, brother.
2: Good morning, Pat. How are you, sir?
0: You know, I'm living the dream, brother. I always tell people, you know, I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut in this world, brother.
2: (laughs) You know, when cops, (laughs) living the dream is a term I used to despise until I retired, right? Because because now when you hear, you know, a retired cop, when he says living the dream with excitement and happiness, that's a retired cop.
0: (laughs) Exactly.
2: When when it's the, hey, man, how's it going? Oh, living the dream. That's an active duty cop. (laughs) That's That's a cop worn
0: out. Oh brother, you did you did so many years honorable service with an agency here in Arizona. You're also a Marine Corps veteran. Thank you for your service, sir. Even though you're a Marine, thank you, sir.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a crayon eater, Crayon eater. That's devil dog official job title. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you you see the news, brother. We were just talking a little bit about it before we started. Um, I don't watch the news a lot anymore. Uh, It you know keeps my blood pressure down. But you know this attack on, on law enforcement I you know that continues to perpetuate uh in this country I mean I I believe Dan and I, I don't, I'd love to hear your thoughts I think the majority of people out there support law enforcement it's just I think it is a tough time that's an understatement for Leo's everywhere you know they're on the job brave men and women who serve and it has definitely changed brother since you and I were in
2: yeah so I think there's a couple um points of evolution that i think of you know obviously going back to um you know i like to say right about ferguson 2013 2014 is when the dynamics started to shift dramatically Uh, maybe even a little before that with a certain meeting that the the former president set up with uh, a cop over and another guy over beer you know beer garden Right, it set this persona or this this environment of no. The white guys are against all the people of color, uh, you know, especially the white cops. And you know, this thing got really spun. And I don't believe that in my heart. Is are there racist cops out there? Yep, yep, I guarantee it. Is there a lot of them? Nope. Um, Do we all have our biases? Yep, we we know that. Studies show that. Um, Do we act on them? No, uh, we don't. Uh, uh, You know, we do a lot more. Obviously, the data shows that there's a gazillion police contacts every Absolutely. year across this country and they don't result in you know even injury let alone you know death or at our at the hands of the law enforcement I myself have been involved in multiple shootings and I understand the dynamics of those situations from all aspects like from a review as a supervisor from the shooter mm-hmm. you know or the person applying deadly force to the people that are around them I understand it and how complicated it is with that said, um, what really kind of, you know, obviously politics plays a huge role in 2020 and what what occurred there. And we in Tucson experienced it pretty pretty heavily. Um, and here the bad part about that whole thing was there was a little thing called SB 1070 that came out about 12 yeah. years ago. All right. And it was a state law that basically said, well, when in contact, there are certain criteria you had to you know, kind of check or relay information to immigration and customs about the purpose you're making contact with, are they a you know, legal citizen, right? So we already experienced this way before 2012, way before- Ferguson and Minneapolis, and all this other stuff locally in Arizona, we were already kind of used to the pushback from the community saying, Okay, well, wait a minute. Are you going to target all Hispanic brown people? Or is this what's going on? And, you know, so we had to navigate those waters, uh, which were not easy. They were new. Mm-hmm. They were new to all of us, but we did a good job. Yeah. And the, the cops that I worked with for 20 plus years were good people. Did we occasionally have people get indicted for things? Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Absolutely
2: every agency has that there's yeah. no way there's no way to weed out bad people we all know that um you do that's your best. in
0: any profession brother correct know
2: yeah 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 and so i think you know that politics in and you know what the other thing too is this is just my take i think you know kind of going political here i think the education system has been indoctrinated for years years Absolutely. 50 plus years hands down hands down um the only area that it doesn't hit, which is what you don't see much about, is trade school. Mm-hmm. They, they don't even bring that up in high school, right? Much. You know, there is trade programs and stuff, but they're really pushing you to go to college. Why? Because it's part of the process. Then came, you know, in the mid, you know, 2012 all the way up to 20, you know, where we're at currently became the indoctrination of police work. You can't tell me that you or me or any other cop that's done 20 plus years hadn't seen the change in the hiring, retention, training program of the, the type of person that they're looking for. And so in our agency that I worked for, I was convinced that they completely got away from a meat eater, a mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you want grass warrior, eater, warrior, meat eater yeah, yeah warrior yeah. sheepdog whatever in fact those words were taboo in our agency yeah. you didn't fucking speak of them you didn't go to training courses that colonel grossman put on be bulletproof mind those were no-nos um, mm-hmm. so much so that we weren't even when i was at the training division we weren't even allowed to put out publications from police one or caliber press or any other notable group because that's the old way of doing policing. So you had this, in my opinion, indoctrination in law enforcement and then also the US military. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see that. We're starting to see people saying, I'll shoot Americans if they don't do what they're supposed to do and this woke bullshit. And I'm like, you're a US veteran. What in the world ever makes you think that you could just shoot a civilian American? Like, I, I don't even understand that you know, uh, kind of logic, but you're seeing more of it, right? You're seeing these younger uh, generation that are in the military or law enforcement popping off about how you got to be woke or else, right? And so, man, police work in a nutshell, I think by far is the most troubled profession by a mile right now, and really it's for no reason.
0: Yeah, it that runs means.
2: it runs itself in in a nutshell. And there's always room for improvement and training and reform, but man, we just really want. So super sideways. Yeah. And, yeah. And
0: I agree with you, brother hundred percent. And, you know, it, it just amazes me, Dan. I mean, when you and I were growing up, we're the same age. We were growing up generally law, law enforcement's are always been scrutinized. You know that. Right. But, you know, I remember law enforcement growing up, especially as I got older in my twenties that, you know, politicians generally shot, you know, they didn't, you know, criticize law enforcement uh, as much as they do now. And, you, you take the current environment, which you hit it right on the head, in my opinion, your opinion, and maybe some of the listeners, where we live in this woke environment now where a lot of cops are just afraid to fucking go out there and do anything. They're more reactive yeah. than ever. Yeah. Not proactive anymore. And it's just and all that I, I can't imagine, brother, again, being a cop now, you know, as a, as a young officer, of course, I don't think they know any better. They're brand new and. Um, but the mental health aspect of, of this, you know, when, when you wake up in the morning, maybe you get on social media, to see cops getting eviscerated, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the news and social media, mentally, and I know I suffered with my own mental issues and challenges. Mentally, that has got to take a toll. So not only do we have retention problems and recruiting problems, you know, now we have this constant attack on law enforcement. And I just hope and pray it it gets better in the future, brother. But you hit it. It's leadership or lack thereof.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't know that leadership knew what to do when it rapidly accelerated in 2020. I don't think Mm -hmm. law enforcement, I'm talking upper management level. They didn't know what to do. Right. And I get it. You, a lot of those positions are appointed by the mayor and council or whatever, or a county administration board or whatever. And so those chiefs and, you know, those high ranking members have to play a role in politics. We're foolish to get, think I, that they can't I get I, that, yeah. you know, and, and where I'm from in Tucson, it is, um, and I'm not, but it's super liberal. It's a super liberal, almost hippie style kind of community. Um, and that's what comprises our mayor and council yeah. to them putting up, you know, more, trees within the city planting more trees instead of fixing the fucking roadways or you know getting us police cars that was their priority and it just yeah. kind of you, you could see that their priority was not famous colorado dude. yeah Same absolutely colorado. and so i think that um, leadership didn't know what to do, and things just kind of accelerated really fast. And then we just started throwing shit at the walls to see, oh, let's make some TikTok videos, and that'll that'll make the community love us better.
0: <laughs> You're right, yeah. I, and I'm like, Look, the dancing videos during yeah, COVID. Yeah, what like the. A- fu-
2: Um, you know, all right. So I I get it if you're a if you're a PIO or a recruiter and you're you're trying to you know generate some PR with the community. But if you're a cop on shift and and you're doing that shit, they don't want to see that shit. You mean to tell me there's absolutely nothing you can't go find crime out in the city? Well, yes, they can, and yes, they probably want to. But like many cops, I fear they probably don't want to get involved in that. I'm only going to go to the stuff that I have to go to, and and I. You know, and I pray every day that I don't have to draw my weapon. And absolutely. I, I hope to God it's not a person of color when I do pull that. Can you imagine that stress? Oh, by the way, we're going to pay you about fifty thousand dollars a year on average for that. You know, as a cop, and I'm just—I think that's absolutely insane to expect. Yeah, that these cops are going to function and be well-rounded and and have a healthy life with all of this going on. I knew I, I know I didn't, I didn't either. My last five years were, which were, you know, the predicating years of Ferguson on all the way up. And I left in 2020 right after Minneapolis. I was like, yep. I'm good with the bullets and the fire and the car crashes. I'm good. I signed up for that. Every cop is good for that. What I'm not good with is people attacking my family now. Now they're going out and they're, we heard the stories about any cop that's involved in something. They're painting shit on their house and putting their oh, house yeah. up and there's, you know, you people out a there. can't put
0: thin blue line flag yeah. up anymore. You, no. You, you can't do that. And yeah. I think, thankfully, you know, people are are still getting into the profession, but not in not the numbers that well, you, you and I saw.
2: Yeah, just yesterday, I had a, uh, a cop that I've known for a long time. He's probably got 17 to 20 years on he's still uh, with our agency and he's a trainer. I said, you know, he said they got a bunch of people in in that one division and they were training and he's like, but it's going fast because They had a kid day one of that. He didn't even do his first day of FTO. He graduated the academy on Friday and Monday he was out at the division. And he came to the bosses and said, this stuff's too dangerous. It's dangerous, you know, the physical danger, but the the lifestyle danger too. And I'm done. And he left. So, you know... 20 oh, weeks in the academy, 20 weeks in the academy, and pl- never mind the, the, the hiring
0: phase before that, Well, and that, the right? money and invested in an apartment, yeah, you know, that they put into it. I mean, and that, that, you know, that and that, I don't know the details of that case, but, yeah. you know, for the, for the person, the young person, okay, do your fucking homework. Go well, on ride-alongs. Yeah. Do, do things. I mean, come on. Don't, don't just waste all that time. It's not TV. Yeah. It's, it's not driving it 100 wonder. miles an hour, kicking indoors, wearing yeah. sweat shit yeah
2: I think maybe there's more to that story than yeah the you know, we knew but but you know just like that that's happening everywhere and um you know guys are retiring myself included you know I wanted to stay to 25 and do a few things with our pension program and stuff but I was like man the risk is not worth no. it my wife was well, like well, we've been through enough you, you, you yeah. know it's,
0: yeah I mean no you, you know I'm preaching to the choir I mean family comes first yeah. I mean I put my family through a lot in law enforcement and you know at some point you you got to say screw it. I'm, I'm looking after myself, not in a narcissistic way or an ego driven way, but I'm going to take care of myself because so, you and I still have got a lot more living to do, brother.
2: Yeah. Self-advocacy, okay. self-awareness, self-independence, what, what, you know, all these categories, I think is something I pushed to the side until my 19th Absolutely. year. And then I was like, you know what, this is enough. I'm burned out. I'm, I'm just about an alcoholic. Um, you know, almost lost my marriage. You know, I've, Broken my relationship with my kids, you know, the whole textbook check, check, yeah, check, yeah. check, 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 right down the list. And I was like, you know, things are going to, they're going to change after I hit my breaking point. And, yeah. uh, and ever since then, I vowed that I won't spend my time away from my family or my attention away from my family ever again like that. And, yeah. um, you know, it's easy for me to say I've got a, you know, pension check coming in and all that other stuff. And I did my time, but, um, you know, to the well, cops is, out.
0: And you, you work, work, work for it. You, you, you deserve it.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you're
0: going to say something to the cops out there,
2: you know, to the young cops out there, we, you know, with the new systems like speaking in Arizona, and I know other states are similar, you know, they went to this from the I was a tier one, you were probably a tier one, mm-hmm. you know, uh, which means 20 years, high three, you know, that's that's usually when you can retire. Now it's 25 and high five in Arizona, because they want people to. Yeah. Well, they know these guys aren't going to make it, right? Exactly. They're not going to make it, right? If things stay on track right now, if you're a cop and you got about five years on, twenty years in this profession looks a long way away. And 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 a lot, you know. Let's face it, this generation there are a lot of smart kids, and I say kids, you know, these twenty somethings, these early thirties, they're smart. They're super smart. They don't need police work um, to to go make a living. um, Yeah,
0: that's it's and it's you're so right. It was just it brings up a good point. You know, you and I worked. You know, we, we, we live to work, probably I'm making an assumption, but that's how about you. But that's how I was I live to work, you know, overtime, fuck, yeah, signing up for everything. And you made a great point about the younger generation, I think they work to live. Yeah. Where they're like, screw it, I'm not gonna put up with this shit. Uh, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Yeah. But I, st- I still think that young people who want to get into the profession, they need to do a little bit more research. It's not a TikTok video. It's not I can drive yeah. it around fast. I got and you you I don't know if you heard about this, Dan. You know, in the in the I think this was last year sometime before I moved down to Arizona, there was, I'm not gonna name the agency. I'm pretty sure I know the agency and you might know what I'm talking about, but it was all over the news down here where this cop, you know, was asked uh, by a lieutenant or something to to work extra. He already worked like a 14 hour day. Mm. Uh, he he was burned out he was tired he was fr- he was already frustrated he was at that point where you know fuck it I'm tired of this job and the LT or some supervisor said I need you to stay on and he's like well I'm fuck I need some, some sleep he's like I don't care and I'm paraphrasing but yeah and so he got on the radio and he fucking quit no, no, not probably not the right thing to do but yeah that that shows you the level of frustration with law enforcement not just in Arizona but everywhere
2: yeah yeah for sure I mean think about what that takes I would assume the the person is is professional and knows oh, yeah. that knows that a proper resignation is important but you know he got he he or she got and I it's think I know point. which I know which one you're talking about um, yep. got to that point where he's like fuck it I don't care Yeah, I'm done you know what I mean and um, that person's been on the streets for time you know so let's just go back two weeks from the time they quit on the radio do you think they're in their best mindset to do a professional job you know are they a danger to themselves and others maybe Mm -hmm. maybe because you're i've been there you've been there where your head's not in the game right for one reason or another loss of a family member um unexpected bill whatever the whatever the thing is your head's not in the game and man it could be it could be detrimental um, seriously yeah. so this person and they're oh, you know here's a great one chicago pd i have no fucking idea how that agency even functions those poor men and women in uniform with and they've had no support for years before this thing exploded in 2020 and my from my knowledge that i've gained from you know talking to you know a lot of chicago yeah. pd officers that's a tough job there man that's we a got no, Lori, no 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 glory
0: lightfoot beetlejuice Yeah. She's just
2: (laughs) running amok over there. And, you know, she doesn't get, what did they have this past month? I think they've had three suicides.
0: Well, that, you know what I mean? Like Chicago is a beautiful city. I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's a gorgeous city, but you know, there's, yeah, you're every, every day there's, especially on the weekends. I mean, there's mass shootings everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. To and the point, you know, sure.
2: they, they can't do great investigations, 400 no. percent increase in homicides or shootings oh. or whatever. I don't know. So I just I worry about those folks, you know, and how they how do they you know how what's their health like, you know, that are do, yeah. doing that. My agency wasn't near as complicated as that. We had our own problems, but sure. not, nothing like that, you know, like. We didn't have a running war zone south of the city like there is in South Chicago and all of those places. But yeah, so the health thing has been a big deal. Oh, and guess what? We didn't do a very good job in law enforcement taking care of ourselves over the past you know, 40, 50 years. No, and
0: no.
2: Um, and now we're starting to see that, right? The world is a much more violent place. People are doing stuff to their own family members at that, that a much more uh, higher rate than probably historically is that we've ever seen. Um, you know, it's commonplace now. Once a year, we all have that. Every agency has that murder, suicide of the family. Right. Yeah, you walk so into sad. a house and all the kids and the wife and you know, think about that call um, and what that does. to. And I've seen that call just really. Yeah. Trash some cops. We've had a couple in Tucson. And um,
0: well, you're not going to leave bad. this job. You're not going to leave this job, brother. I know you know this. Yeah. You are going to be damaged.
2: Oh, yeah. You're broken, man. You <laughs> are some broken. Way. And I yeah. think
0: the, the stat I saw the other day, and I suspect, and I'm willing to bet anything that this uh, stat is much higher, 40% of first responders, fire, EMS, corrections, dispatchers, you name it, suffer from mental health issues, addiction, or, or both. It all starts with mental health.
2: Those are the ones that people are okay with speaking up about, too. So yeah. imagine the number if officers i know i did it for a long time i'm not telling you anything to anybody about what i'm going through because i just got i had the typical fears of you know being put on the rubber gun squad losing my job absolutely people thinking differently of me and you know and all this other i you know i was a swat team leader i it was even harder i had an image yeah i had a you know leadership to kind of uphold and
0: i was um, the same way man and then i got to a point where i was like fuck it you know what dan I, i i don't care what people think anymore yeah, I'm an open book. I remember, you know, when I was down in treatment at Shatterproof down in Florida, uh, I remember a buddy of mine, Sergeant from uh, my old department. He calls me up and says, hey, man, how you doing? I'm just I'm doing good, man. I, I'm doing really, really good. He said, do you mind? People are asking about you. Do you mind if I tell him where you're at? I was like, absolutely. Yeah, I said. Now, if you would ask me that two years ago, I would have said, I'm great. Right. Because yeah. you put on the mask. But I said, if it can help somebody. Yeah. You tell them. I am in treatment, you know, because I was like you. I'm not trying to discount SWAT or anything, but yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what no, I mean, right. Alpha male, right? You gotta, you gotta until put on your you're game broken down to, to a point yeah. where you're like, "Fuck it, I am in a, my hole." I know you've been there. Yeah, you
2: know? no, I I was in 2019. I hit I hit that breaking point. Um, and you know, for me, I was. Um, I was the training supervisor uh, for in-service training, not recruit training, but everybody else in the agency. And um, we had a chief that came from Oakland, uh, Richmond, and super liberal, ultra progressive. He is now the Immigration and Customs and Border Patrol director. Um, And so it was a big change. Now. I should, to be fair to him, he did a lot of good things for the agency, but he also turned the agency upside down as if we were the Rampart division in the 90s, right? I I was very concerned about sending a message through the training pipeline that you guys are all fucked up out there and you're you're coming to training because we need to fix you or, you know, we're all going to pay the price, which wasn't the case. Um, So our delivery mechanism, what I was what I was forced to do and had to kind of massage was a very big pill for our agency to swallow. And the the pressure that was put on me to get it done very quickly
0: yeah.
2: was almost undoable. And eventually it took its toll. And I also say that right after Ferguson, you start having cops leave the, the profession, right? It sure. started that, it started that kind
0: Ferguson of effect.
2: Yeah. Right. And then there's this, This thing called do more with less that I fucking despise, which what that means in boss terms is, and if you're a boss and this offends you, I don't give a shit, Um, learn how to work around it. If you're a good boss and you know exactly what I'm talking about, cool, good on you. But the term do more with less applies to the United States Marine Corps and only the United States Marine Corps, because that is the meanest fucking dog we have on the earth and we want to keep it mean. Yeah, But it does not apply to law enforcement um because you don't want a mean dog out there mm-hmm. right if you did then i would say okay then we'll push it but what doing more with less says is that not only do you have to do your job i want you to do the other two jobs of the other sergeants or the other officers Absolutely. around you because they're no longer here because we fucked up so bad and we're not going to pay you we're not going to pay you um we don't care that we lost them. We didn't even say goodbye to them when they left because they're unhappy. So we're going to put that added pressure on you. And let me tell you something. I think the damage of that, um, that little untold piece of information that you really don't hear about, you hear about the shootings and the, yeah. the yeah. dead the dead babies and all the things that are taken its toll on us but it's also the internal mechanisms um, where we're treating people like shit they're less important than the stray dog walking around in the ghetto right and that's kind of the feeling some people have they're like i'm not even a person you know and then you so you go from minneapolis and then you go to the the covid arena right here's another one right we told our employees, "Yeah, you haven't done anything wrong as far as your profession. You just won't get the shot. So you have until XYZ date and we're or we're going to fire you." And
0: now COVID and, is and like, did. bye-bye.
2: And they did. Yeah. I know of, I know of a couple of cops, good people, never did anything wrong, never Not only did they fire them, they labeled them with a malicious discipline kind of a you were it wasn't a, um, a mistake. This was la- listed as bad conduct, insubordination. So no matter where they go, they're labeled this way. And they have this jacket behind them. And so we saw all of these things, you know, playing and, you know, and it just got to the point where anytime you pulled the trigger in this country, you know, and I used the Ohio example of the officer that intervened on the 15 year old girls that were fighting and one was going to stab the other. And man, you thought that you thought that guy would have, you know, done the most egregious thing in the world. And, And then you're all thinking to yourself, that could be me. So I think this do more with less was so detrimental. Uh, we kept, and it's gotten, you know, I think it's gotten exponentially worse because then Minneapolis happens and the real exodus occurs, right? So you see, you know, the staffing issues, I think every agency has. Um, is. Well, and here's horrendous. the deal,
0: in, in, instead of taking care, and, and to, to, to preface, I think some departments obviously are better than others, you know, but, We live in an environment, you know, the listeners know that people aren't flocking to law enforcement anymore, like you and I, when we were young. You know, you have a hundred something people, or maybe more, probably in Tucson, taking a, a cops test or whatever. It's not like that anymore. So, why aren't we taking better care of our most important asset? Not only from a, I mean, financially, it's devastating. You get somebody hired and they train them and they fucking quit, but it's the right thing to do, obviously, is to take care of your human capital
2: yeah you you know from a business standpoint um you know i'm fairly new in the business world i I don't have an education which we're going to talk about right you learn everything the most successful businesses and you can there's you know half dozen to a dozen that i've kind of looked at was to why they're successful the common denominator in all of them and from all the ceos the people are their people are the most important thing they put more emphasis in employee health and wellness and service than they they do in the customer service because the employees do that for them.
0: And what do they say? The Um, business of business is people. Not just externally, but internally.
2: Right. And conversely,
0: where is it the worst at? government <laughs> no we were just joking around i mean no government. no the government runs you know you know yeah. they, everything they touch if, turns the shit look at the post office dan it runs yeah. great right 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 <laughs> if government were a business it
2: would have been bankrupt long ago and
0: well that's a good segue let's let's yeah. talk about you brother i mean you're an entrepreneur you mentioned mm-hmm. it started your own business guilty pirate coffee i, I want to yeah. know a couple things i know it's successful How'd you come up with the name, dude? that is a badass name.
2: (laughs) I'll give you the story. Yeah, it's like something Uh, out of
0: Vegas, a Vegas show or something like that.
2: Yeah, it it does honestly have a really good story to it. Um, The coffee started as a hobby 2018. I wanted to do something. I I didn't really know that I was on the down slope of a a bad thing. But I knew I needed to do something else. I felt very detached from cop work consumed my life, the whole deal. I yeah. I lived to work and do that job. And so coffee was kind of an interesting thing because I didn't know anything about it. And I wanted a challenge. And I wanted a low acid coffee because I had acid reflux from drinking coffee, shitty coffee for, for years, like every cop. <laughs> you does, and right? me
0: both. I took my uh, Pepsi today.
2: <laughs> yeah, right? Like you just, your stomach is just rocked. And so... Um, I figured out there, there was a such thing as low acid. It's not very common, but it is out there and there's ways to do it. And so we kind of played around with it in 2018 and we made a, we made a batch. Uh, we got our first batch and I just handed it out to friends and, you know, pretty soon they were like, Hey, let me buy a pound of that. And I was like, okay, this hobby's kind of paying for itself. Um, and this is kind of cool. I'm learning and, um, you know, Hey, do a dark roast or a decaf or a cold brew, you know, and it just kind of escalated to the point of now we have, amazing. we have about 25 coffees and like five more coming out this year. And, you know, so we just, and I, I'm kind of like, I want to create a new label, a new name, a new coffee. And I go and I do it. And if it, if it is great and people love it, cool. If it's I love not, it. It's I fantastic throw, it, throw it in the trash. Yeah. So the name um, really came about in 2014. I think it was. So 2014, I was a SWAT team leader. We were very active, very busy. Um, this is prior to, you know, right about the time of Ferguson, but no knock search warrants weren't under scrutiny as much from Brianna Taylor case that hadn't happened yet. Yeah, all these yeah. things. Um, in a nutshell, SWAT was, we were, we were, if you sold dope in our town, we blew your fucking house to smithereens. Um, usually after a few buys and, um, we were doing it a lot and we were good at it and, and we had fun. So we were a very professional, but aggressive team when it called on. And, and, um, anyway, this, this guy had, been robbing banks with the threatening of explosives you and i know he probably doesn't have them if he's such a you know if he's such a piece of shit he's got to hand a note over to a teller he probably doesn't have explosives but you got to take it as it is you got to take it as it is so we you know the the detectives and surveillance guys did a great job they narrowed him down to a shitty motel six you know where all the crackheads and hookers stay and They knew what room he was in. They set up two teams. I was on one side of the building. There was a breezeway that kind of separated where he was on the other side. And he came out of the room and the team said, hey, there's a bunch of kids here. We can't take him, but he's walking right to you guys. So you guys take him. Cool. My team was doing a great job. I had a lot of senior people and we had a canine and we were trying to figure out, okay, hey, do we pin him here? Do we do this? What about the explosive, the overpressure, da, 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 da. And I could see the shadow and I just said, fuck it. And I just sprinted, and I linebacker tackled him, and we went into the glass window, of the room, and you know, kind of like in a movie. And and I'm not even kidding you. He had the he had the fucking bait money in his hand, and the money yeah, yeah. went up it went up in the air. And my whole team was like, that was completely unorthodox. Probably in the grand scheme of thing, if you were to teach that at a SWAT school, you'd say never Didn't. fucking do this,
0: <laughs> never do that. <laughs>
2: right? You know, Sergeant team...
0: Spencer, right here. We have. Yeah.
2: A... <laughs> I was a team leader. I was wrapping up my time. I had one more year. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. And um, afterwards, this is where the name came about. One of the, several of the people in that team that I was close to, they were like, that was the most epic pirate shit I've ever fucking seen. (laughs) And we're your band of (laughs) filthy pirates. Right. Oh, so that was kind of that was kind of a running joke for a few years until the coffee came about. And then I was like, you know, I don't want to do hipster coffee. I'm not into that shit. Um, This is blue collar, working class coffee. I want something different. You know, black rifles dominating the scene. I was going to say black rifle. They got their thing going. I want to be completely different. You know, I support veterans and obviously I support the shit out of law enforcement and, you know, and all that. So we're on that same mission. But uh, yeah, we're like I'm sitting here thinking I was like filthy pirate. Yeah,
0: that's fucking that's, awesome.
2: That's what it is. And then you know, obviously, we went as even as far as to patent it in the U.S. Patent Office and uh, trademark it and so forth. And uh, you know, it's it's stuck and it's it's been good. Well, and
0: the thing I love about it, brother, is is that you were you retired badass cop served honorably. Now you're an entrepreneur doing very well with something you're passionate about. And the point I'm trying to make here is I, I get tired. And I, I know you hear this a lot probably from, from guys and, and women in the field who are getting ready to retire. And they're like, oh, the only thing I could do is be a cop. Yeah, oh, I have bullshit. Almost and tra- every day. And I, yeah, almost, and I, I felt yeah. that way too. But we, you, meaning the listener, have so much more to offer.
2: Yeah, With yeah, your I,
0: skills, your discipline, your training. Go start write a book.
2: Start uh, business like I, Dan. I was like, "Hey man, you guys are Probably the best salesman in the oh, world. We're all you, salesmen, bro. Right, you know that, right? You're probably the best problem solver in the world. Even Absolutely. the laziest, worthless of cops, the small percentage <laughs> are out there, still possesses skill. Absolutely. So I always, I always tell them, look, what, do you, what are you married to here? You are married to a drop, a pension drop. I got to, I got to stay five years to hit this big number. Uh, I want to get another two percent, another two percent. And then I say, all right, well, what the fuck happens when you're sixty? You've been at this job yeah. for 30 years, you know, nothing else you. And then all of a sudden it stops and you kill over dead because you've taken absolutely no care for yourself. You know, heart disease actually kills more cops than anything. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, and so, and that's all attributed to stress and hormones and a bunch of other things as I'm in my novice studies of this for mental health. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's amazing the damage that shit does uh, yeah. to your body. And then all of a sudden you retire. So I tell them, don't be married. To a retirement. Hell, if you don't even want to finish 20, 25, and you're really dead set on like physically, I can't do this anymore. It might cost me my life. Then cool. Then move on. Make that take decision. Take a
0: chance. Take a, a, take chance. a chance. chance. You know, take there's a, a, a great And you of, might fail.
2: You might fail. Well, you once, fails. right? Failing's part of it, it's right? Part of it. It's part of it, man. The, the traffic
0: um, lights of light are not going to be green all the time. No, but so many people are, fa- you know, they and I was there. And again, I'm not trying to get on some pedestal. I was there, I failed, 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 failed. And I learned, at least I hope I did. But there's a great book out there by Bronnie where it's called The Five Regrets of Dying. And she was, and I'm not gonna give away the book, but she talks about how most people out there are not a li- you know, living their authentic life, the life they were supposed to live. And I'm not trying to paint some rosy fucking picture of unicorns and rainbows, that there's no problems in life. Mm-hmm. But the point in the book, without giving it away is, we have to, and there's more to the book than what I'm about to say. Is we have to do what we are passionate about. We have to do what we love. And I'm not saying you didn't love police work. I loved it, but now I'm on a different path, and I love it, and I'm passionate about it. And that's what life is about, brother. You know that. Oh
2: my God! I'll tell you what. November of 2020, I was scared, I, I honestly, because I I had pulled the trigger on making a. Uh, I put in my retirement, and so there's a process. And and at that time, there were so many cops. They normally could process, out process a normal retirement in four weeks or less. You know, they had to double that because we had so many of them. We had so many people buying back military time and people leaving and not staying in the drop. And, you know, there were there were a bunch of us. And so that process came around and I was really concerned. I was like, okay, I'm still paying family rate insurance, um, which is a lot for me. It was like 1500 bucks, like 2000 a month with some stipend from the Arizona pension. And I was like, okay, so that cuts my check down to X, Y, Z. How are we going to live? How are we going to live on this? And this business isn't, we just opened the store. We didn't have a brick and mortar until September of 2020. And it wasn't until the end that we, uh, almost October 1 is when we had the store up and running. And it was, it was dead. Like we had, we didn't have Mm -hmm. a, a big you know, customer base at that time that we've built up now, we just had little online sales and you know, we went to farmer's markets and that kind of thing. So there was a lot of unknowns and i I've got to be honest with you. I was fucking stressed. Um, yeah, but who even be? though I just retired because I was stressed. I was like, Hey man, I'm here to take care of my family. I still had a, a son that was a senior, a son that had graduated. And my daughter at the time was like a freshman or sophomore. And so I was like, I still got a lot on the plate here. And, um, and Well, anyway, the point to this is it eventually smoothed out to the point because of, you kept, I love it now.
0: Because you I kept love it. with it, brother. And that's the difference between it. you and a lot of people out there. I would say most people is, in, uh, you know, they're, they're afraid. They're, I, I think a lot of people are wrapped up in, what are fucking people going to think of me? Yeah, right. Now, and I so, remember when I started my show seven years ago, people were like, eh, and yeah, yeah. now I got some of the same people say, hey, can I come on? Yeah, Right. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but to, to your point, you nothing's going to fall in your fucking lap. You got to work your ass off, man. And that cuffs, includes treatment. You know, yeah. that includes oh, every yeah. aspect of your life. But and it has to.
2: The one thing that I learned, and I hope this helps someone understand, my wiring was all fucked up. Right, yeah. I, my job was first, and I my physical fitness, my physical health, my well being, the time that I spend with myself my time management, all of that was in shambles until 2021. 2021, the business from 2020 to 2021, it started getting better. Things started smoothing out. We got a little rhythm. Um, I felt a little more secure in, in what we were doing financially and so forth. And I felt okay. And then that, that last, this last year and a half has been fantastic. And the, the reason is I've rewired how I was going to say you're, you're thinking, rewired all your the
0: mindset. Yes. And and for me, I'm not going to speak for you, Dan. It's a constant process.
2: Oh, hundred percent every day, all day. Do I have
0: shitty days? Absolutely. But my yeah. good days over, you know, overwhelm my bad days because of you hit it brother mindset and yeah. what you put out there, you're going to fucking get, I don't know. It's the truth. I don't care what people believe. Well, I respect what you believe the listener, but it is true. If you have this negative fucking attitude, How do you think your life's going to change? You have to do work, but if you have that attitude, you know, brother, I mean, you've probably been there. I know I was, how do you expect your life to get better?
2: You know, you got to look in the mirror and you got to own it,
0: Absolutely.
2: It's just, there's no other way around it. You got to look in the mirror. And if you're so narcissistic that you think like, well, I'll be fine. This is no big deal or whatever. And I don't need to do anything. You're wrong. Um, You know, down to every morning when I wake up, my daughter and I go to the gym, 4am. Absolutely. Every morning. And that's <laughs> it, brother.
0: Right. And I'm old
2: and it's You're not it's,
0: fucking old. Yeah, I
2: know. What how old are you? 80? I'm 50. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like 80 though some days. <laughs> but the point is when I wake up, I don't read emails. I don't read absolutely business stuff. I don't I don't I might hit a little social media, but I try to drink some water first. I try to think about what I want to get done that day. Um and then when my daughter comes down and we're ready to go, it's, it's all about her Absolutely. and the time that I spend with her. And then when I come home, it's about my wife and my, my other son, my other, my other son's in the Marine Corps. So he's, he's Ooh, off what? doing his thing. Yeah. And, uh, so the part, the rewire and make sure that you put your family and yourself, there's a key, right? Even your, even Even you got to take some time above your family for yourself, because, you know, it's kind of that we use this analogy on our podcast, like on a airline when it has trouble, they tell you, put your mask on first so that you can help the other person put their mask on. I think that that really applies across the board to Uh, law enforcement. If you're a if you're a male cop um, and I think women should, too, I just don't know enough about it, obviously, gender wise that to speak about it. But if you're a male cop and you're over 40 and you've been doing this for a little bit, go get your testosterone checked. I'm going to say probably it's probably <laughs> yes. about 80% chance, even if and I say this is kind of weird, but even if your sex life is great, everything's fine. And that was the case with me. My numbers were so low. They were medically getting very concerned um, and I it just, caused it caused so many problems. I just um,
0: had this conversation, brother, with a, a friend of mine literally a couple of days ago, and I, I'm not afraid to say I have testosterone. I take testosterone therapy. Yeah, I'm not too. some you know spokesman for it yeah. but to your point night and day and as a first oh. responder not just cop you know your your your, your hormones you're going to get all whacked as long as your sleep cycle when i started taking testosterone about four years ago it was night and day not only did i sleep better i felt yeah. better it's not a steroid like right. my family was like are you taking steroids and it's not a fucking no, steroid your body's producing close. it but as yeah. You know, I think men in the tw- and their kids in their 20s, as far as men, I said kids, their testosterone levels start going down. They do. Yeah. And so especially old guys like you and me.
2: Oh, and here's another thing that whole stress that whole stress and adrenaline thing
0: cortisol and all that
2: it wreaks a lot of havoc on your testosterone and ladies uh, as well your hormones are you know way out of whack so i'm just a big advocate of every year you need to get your blood work done you need to make sure get your prostate all those exams catch that we had a cop a few years back yeah he was uh early 40s right and they 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 caught his cancer, and I think it was prostate cancer or something, colon cancer. They caught it in stage four. It was too yeah. late. Oh,
0: fuck.
2: Great guy. Great cop. He was married to another cop. They had two kids, little kids. And I, I just felt so bad. Like, I felt so bad for that family. And I, I was thinking to myself, you know, all right, so let's make sure we catch these things, hopefully, before we Absolutely. do the, the proverbial, oh, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll go to the doctor's. I'll no, you're not, the doctor's. you're not fine. You're not. Get checked. You know, think of yourself as a race car, right? And a race car hits the pit several times in a race, and it gets completely broken down and rebuilt after every race. And think of yourself as a race car because you are as a police officer, firefighter, EMT.
0: You're a Ferrari. Yeah,
2: you're, you're you're a fucking uh, you know uh, unique
0: or Shelby or whatever yeah, you want
2: to. You're a you're a very unique race car, and you have to kind of look at yourself Absolutely. that way. And I wish I'd have done that a little bit earlier. Well, I'm doing it, I do it now every day. Better but, late than never, brother. So start on that. Um, that'd be a piece of advice. Dan I
0: Spencer, you are yeah. the man, brother. <laughs> I, I, I pre- We like got to get bro. together, shouldn't go have some coffee, right? Starbucks.
1: No, yes. I'm just well. Kidding.
0: No, no. no. <laughs> You no, know, I want to get together with you soon, brother. We're in the same state. Yes, for state. Sure. Um, and if people want to get a hold of you, Dan, I mean, what's the best way? Obviously, yeah, our, find out more about, uh, you know, uh, Filthy Pirate Coffee and you sure. personally.
2: So you can Google us on, on regular Google, and uh, we'll pop, the store will pop up with the phone number and email and all that. Our website is filthypirate.coffee or filthypiratecoffee.com. Either one routes right to the store. You same got a podcast, place.
0: really quick. What's it called?
2: Thin Brood Line.
0: Woo.
2: Yeah. And it's all about police mental health uh, or it. I interview cops that have that have done like you, you know, done these uh, careers and, and took it on these these uh, adventures and hobbies. And, and so it's uh, my our goal is just to. Well, one of the things when I retired, it was like, there's so much help out here. Why didn't I know about this? Yeah, because you were Yeah, I wasn't looking and I and our agency wasn't really pushing it. Um, and, it, and, it and honestly, it wasn't all their fault. It wasn't a big deal until it was a big deal. And, um, you know, so now there's a lot of resources out there. Older Crest, blind. there's a whole bunch of them. And so um, we try to share that information to help. If I can help one cop,
0: that's all I care about. That's all I care about too, brother. Yeah. Dan Spencer, God bless you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Uh, everything we talked about for the listener will be in the show notes. Dan, I will talk with you soon, my friend.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you all. Be safe out there.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast. For more strategies for
2: self-improvement and resources based on today's episode, be sure to head to cjevolution.com. You can also connect to Patrick directly on social media at Pat underscore Fitzgibbons with any questions, comments, or concerns. We look forward to helping you find more personal success on the next episode of the CJ Evolution Podcast.